This is an ABC podcast. G'day, Dr Carl here. Have you ever noticed that when some people concentrate really hard, they stick their tongue out of their mouth? Mind you, there's heaps of times when your protruding tongue has nothing to do with concentrating. Sticking your tongue out can mean that you are being rude or cute, mocking or flirtatious, disgusted or playful, or taunting or teasing. Culturally, Maori warriors do it as a sign of defiance and strength, while Tibetans do so as a greeting or as a sign of respect. Babies stick their tongues out for many reasons. They're hungry and want more, or they're full and want nothing. Or they're teething, or they're just plain copying you. As they get older, over two-thirds of children between the ages of five and eight will poke their tongues out. (laughs) Concentrating is when most people do this as well. You can see it when a primary school student is learning how to write their letters of the alphabet or when an adult is doing fine mechanical work, threading a needle or carrying out a specific series of delicate manoeuvres to make jewellery. And of course, the fabulous basketballer, Michael Jordan, was famous for poking his tongue out as he set up for yet another amazing shot. But why do so many people gently immobilise their tongue by either sticking it straight out of their mouth or by gently grasping it between the lips or teeth? It seems that there is a powerful link between two specific parts of the brain that happen to be right next to each other. One part controls fine movements with your hands such as chipping a stone tool, making jewellery or sewing. The other is the broker's area, which helps turn thoughts into speech by controlling the many muscles needed to make intelligible sounds, including the mouth and the tongue. Now, originally, the neuroscientists thought that these two locations in the brain were relatively separate, but now they think they are intermingled and, in fact, overlap with each other. One study got four-year-old children to play games, using both fine motor movements like playing with tiny toys and gross motor movements like slapping the table with their open hand. And you guessed it. The kids poke their tongues out more often when playing with the tiny toys. Another study gave adults the task of picking up different sized objects, sometimes with their hands, but sometimes with their mouths. (laughs) A strange mirroring effect became obvious. When they picked up a big object with their mouth, their hands would open wide. But for a small object, the hands would open only a little. And when they did it the other way, and picked up an object with their hands, the mouth would mirror 
are hands, opening wide for big objects and much less for smaller objects. Now, this makes sense from an evolutionary point of view. When you pick up a bit of food in your hand, you will have to open your mouth wider to eat a big item of food and less so to eat a smaller food item. One currently popular hypothesis about tongue protrusion says that we started communicating with each other millions of years ago with hand gestures and gradually evolved into speech. And that fits in with the areas for hand movements and speech being right next to each other and intermingled in the brain. Now, one thing that is special about each of these areas is that when they are active, they are very active. They fire like crazy. And the electrical signals can leak from one area to the other. Speaking of busy, the tongue is very busy. It swallows about one and a half litres of saliva each day, makes words, and massages and moves your food when you eat. But nearly always, your tongue keeps out of the way of your teeth. Under normal conditions, there's a huge and steady stream of information back to the brain from the nerve endings and taste buds on your tongue. So here comes the hypothesis of neural overload. Sometimes there's just way too much happening in your brain. Right now, all you want to do is pop that basketball into the basket. So if you immobilise your tongue, it stops sending so many signals to the brain. You free up some brain power, or in computer terms, some processor cycles, and bingo, you thread the needle. Perhaps a few million years ago making stone tools and then petroglyphs, that's images chiseled into stone, was the essential step to making speech and language. But I wonder what would be the petroglyphic image for keeping your tongue immobile while you concentrate. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.